Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and welcome to Small Biz Chat. You know, Small Biz Chat started as a little tweet chat over 10 years ago on Twitter, but we have evolved. And listen, we have an amazing show for you tonight. But let me tell you first about why we do Small Biz Chat. We created Small Biz Chat Live because we wanted to have an opportunity for small business owners to get peer-to-peer advice in a safe environment without having to pay a coach or a mentor. And we really wanted to have people, you know, have an opportunity to ask questions and get information that they don't even know that they need to know yet. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And that has been our mission since day one. Now, let me tell you a little bit about what our goal is. We want to give you tools and tips and information so that you can have the opportunity to take your business to the next level by hearing advice from top experts. All right, now I'm going to get to my guest, Ms. Jane Atkinson, who I've known since I first got started as a professional speaker. And she, her nickname is the Speaker Launcher. <laughs> That's how she's known. But she is going to give us the lowdown on how to build a successful speaker business. But first, before I do that, I want to welcome everybody who's watching on my Small Biz Lady fan page. All of you guys giving us a shout out over on my YouTube page. And don't forget my Twitter page. Y'all know I love you. So we're broadcasting live on Periscope on Twitter as well. And we want to make sure that you know that Small Biz Chat is about helping you succeed as your own boss. And our mission is to end small business failure. All right, now it is time to talk about building a six-figure speaking business. As a business coach for speakers, my guest Jane Atkinson's specialty is to help speakers identify and move past the things that may slow business growth. She helps speakers at all levels develop and launch their businesses and solidify their brands. And more importantly, she is all about monetizing a speaking business. There's a whole bunch of people out here speaking that aren't getting paid Jack. And she is she is the ante to that. So her signature training program is called the Wealthy Speaker School. She offers online courses and coaching and masterminds to help speakers at every level of the journey. Jane, welcome, welcome, welcome to Small Biz Chat Live. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much for having me here. I am thrilled to be on your show, Melinda. I've been seeing it all over the place for years. You're blowing up out there. Oh, well, thank you so much. That's high praise coming from you. Listen, if somebody wants to become a professional speaker, what should they do to get started? Well, they really need to think about, and and Calvin alluded to this a little bit earlier, what is their lane? We call it picking a lane, which is kind of like a ready, aim, fire process. And when it comes to picking a lane, we're really talking about what topic do you want to be known for, say, five years from now? Because a lot of people out there, and no doubt many of your listeners and viewers are really, really smart people. 
They could be doing a whole bunch of different topics and they see a speaker and they're like, oh, I want to do that. That is such a cool thing to get up on stage and then to get paid. What? And so really being able to identify what your expertise is and what your lane is, is really the first step. And to do that, you know, you just kind of filter back through your history. And if you've built a small business successfully already, then you're really thinking about why did this work? What am I really good at? Mm -hmm. So do you need a speaking strategy then? Yeah, well, aim, fire, approach. So in the ready stage, we get crystal clear on what we're selling. Very difficult to go farther if you don't have this in place. And we pick a lane, we develop some marketing language, and we kind of identify who our our target audience is going to be. Then we can move into aim. And that's where we develop out our marketing materials We're talking about website. We're talking about maybe video at this stage. And then and only then do we fire and we roll it out to our target markets. And I think a lot of people just want to get on the phone and start talking to people because what? That's the fun part, right? Talking about yourself and what you can do to help them. But really, we like to make sure we have all of those things in place because if you do get on the phone before you have that clarity, I think you'll lack confidence. We have a saying Clarity equals confidence. And so that's really job one. I love it. Clarity equals confidence. That is tweetable and definitely something we should all keep in mind. But, you know, where where do you see people stumble, though, in executing? Like, is it, it is it getting on the phone too early? That could be one thing. It could be that because they are thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go out to the market. I'm, I'm going to have three offerings. Where they find it difficult is when they're talking to a client, they're trying to filter through, okay, well, which one should I offer them? Plus, when they go to write their website, writing your copy for your website when you have a lack of clarity is very, very difficult. So I think that's probably, I mean, there's lots of stumbling blocks, but I think that's probably the first one that we tend to see people getting hung up on is really deciding. And then Melinda, they just have to go forward fearlessly with it because you can doubt yourself and second guess all day long, but really the market's going to tell you incorrectly. And what do you do? You pivot and go again. So once somebody gets all their stuff straight and they want to start getting paid to speak, what what should they do first? I mean, or what is the right amount for them to even ask for? Like is when you first get started as a speaker, is it like $500? And you know, like what, like what should you be asking for till you get to the point where you can build up the, you know, be the 40, 50 grand keynote speaker? Right. 40, 50 grand keynote. That's like not exactly ex-presidents, but it's probably some that's like celebrity, celebrities, that's, right? That's like big but, celebrities. So realistic, real world build up a successful speaker in business. Is it a 20,000 or 25,000 keynote? Is that, well, is that where it's going to depend on where you've come from, right? So sure. if, if you have worked your way up the ladder in a C-suite job and you're stepping out and you have, a, you know, some pretty hefty bio behind you for you to go out into the market and say, yes, I would like $10,000 is not unseeable. It's not unthinkable that that should happen. I talk about, I talked about way back in the first edition of the wealthy speaker 2.0, that $1,500 is kind of when you're in the game. 
Like that's the base. And then we kind of start going up from there. So if you feel like you're just getting started, you're just dipping your toe in the water and you don't feel like you have that level of notoriety or bio line item that really makes you or, or perhaps you haven't written a book yet, then you might start there and work your way up. 3,500, 5,000, 75, 10, and on up from there. But there are lots of people I have coming who are executive companies and they are starting out above 10. Okay. Okay. I think that's actually really good advice because I think there's about a bunch of unrealistic expectations out here that people have about what it is to get paid to speak. What do you think is the best form of marketing for people who are professional speakers? That's a great question. And the best form of marketing is a kick-ass speech. That is really (laughs) the, the epic keynote is when somebody comes up to you afterwards with their business card in their hand and says, oh my gosh, I need, I have somebody else who needs to hear this, you know, write this down on the back of the card. It's, it's this date and we have this going on. That's when, you know, when you're getting a three, four spinoff from every single engagement, that's when you know your speech has arrived. <laughs> so the best, there is no better form of marketing. You can have a brilliant website, but go out and deliver a mediocre job. You're not going to get the next one and the next one and the next one. And your job is just going to be that much harder. So really great. But the best form of marketing is a great and epic keynote or an epic speech. All right. So you know, do you have to write a book? I mean, do you have to have some kind of back-end sales? Is that really the best way to do it? Or is it just about going in there and getting my little speaker fee and rolling out? I mean, I personally, I love to pre-sell books. When somebody calls me and books me to speak, I'm like, oh, how many people are going to be there? Oh, it's going to be an audience of a thousand people. Well, you know, do you have budget or a sponsor to like, you know, put one of my books in the hand? I mean, I've actually even cut my fee if they'll take the books. And the reason why I do that is because it's more valuable to me to have my brand walking out the door with everybody who's in that room. So I've even taken a haircut on fee before to do that. But I was wondering if that's one of the strategies that you like kind of teach the people that you work with. Absolutely. It's really up to you when you decide to write the book. It's a little bit of a chicken, egg, cart, horse, whatever you want to say, situation. What writing a book helps you do, and I'll bet you found this, is really lay out your ideas. You know, that ready, aim, fire formula that I shared with you earlier. When I laid that out for the book, that actually became the foundation for everything we do. And here we are, 15, 17 years later, we're still using that same formula and we just built an entire school on it. So it's really terrific to lay out your ideas and label them. That's another little technique. You want to really kind of create language that is your own. So Joe Calloway gave me the pick a lane idea, and I I I recognize him for that in the book. But my name has become synonymous with pick a lane because the book talks about that so much, how important it is. So really labeling your ideas, getting them down on paper, it's great. When I think you really feel the not having a book is when you start to have bigger and bigger audiences. It's like, oh, I just spoke to 500 people. I could have done some really good back of room or like you said, 
I love a good pre-sale, Melinda. What you, what your idea, and to have a thousand evangelists taking your book home now, and people really want to take a piece of you with them. So I love that idea. It's really just up to you when you do it. I have a lot of people who've come to me who've already written their book and now they're ready to launch their speaking career. There's no wrong way to do it, really. Yeah. What I have found now that I've been in business for 20 years, believe it or not, I need to knock on some wood for that, is that what before I write a new book, I've written three books now. And what I did before my last book, Fix Your Business, was I actually worked on the keynote speech and gave the keynote speech out a couple of times before I wrote the book. So it was almost like I was testing my system for the book by doing the speech and testing it on audiences and trying to get feedback first. And then I turned it into the book. And so once you become a seasoned speaker, you kind of can do some things like that. But that is almost like you figure out your teach first, right? You figure out your speech first, and then you turn around and turn that into the book. And um, that's what we were able to do. And and it's been really, really successful for me. I love that. And I've had a few people through my podcast say, you know, they would stake their claim in the ground, write a book on that subject, speak on that for two or three years, and then they would write the next book, stake their claim and go on from there. So it's something that can continue to evolve. I've also done three and I got to tell you, I'm a little hung up on number four. I'm having a hard time getting it off the ground. It takes a little bit of motivation to really get it done. And the first one I think was a little bit easier, maybe, I don't know. Well, you were scared the first time, so that was your motivation, you know, Maybe. Now, now it's like, oh my God, it's all this work. <laughs> but listen, I'm going to put a pin in us right there. We're going to go to commercial. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about speaker revenue models. Are you tired of struggling in your business, not taking a paycheck, dreading dealing with your business in the morning? Are you regretting even starting your business in the first place? Well, I know you're tired, and I also remember what that kind of tired is like. But the good news is, it's time to stop feeling that way. Stop! I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and my new book, Fix Your Business, is a 90-day turnaround plan to get back your life and reduce chaos in your business. I've been in business nearly 20 years, and let me teach you how to build a business that works for you. Grab a copy today. Jane, obviously your speaking fee is the, is the first and most obvious revenue model, but, but can you talk to us a little bit about some of the other things that you can weave into your speaking business to generate even more money? Well, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And if you want to go deeper with a client and have long lasting change, you might decide that you want to expand beyond keynotes to training. You might add consulting to the mix. You might add executive coaching into the mix. There are lots of models that people are getting paid to do webinars, they're monetizing their podcasts, they're writing books, they're developing online learning platforms and membership sites. I mean, really, the list goes on and on, and I'm sure your your viewers are probably doing a lot of those things already, and maybe they just want to pull some speaking into the mix. It could be the reverse, too. Yeah. What do you think is the most like sort of like the hottest one that everybody's jumping on? Is is it podcasting? We actually have a podcast coming out about podcasts (laughs) on Thanksgiving Day. And 
I think probably secondary to that might be the online learning platform because courses have just exploded as well. So online courses and and podcasting, you really think seeing that is like kind of where a lot of people are going? Yes, I do. What about having your own branded events? Sometimes I see speakers out here now doing intensives or, you know, VIP weekends and retreats and this kind of stuff. Where, where do you see that kind of falling in terms of, of, of a revenue model? Love it. Okay, bring them to you. That is a brilliant, brilliant idea. So let's say that you speak to, you know, women on leadership, you know, claiming their place at the boardroom table. The, the reason I love the idea of this is because you can bring them to you and that takes you off the road. You know that the road warrior travel thing can get a little bit weary after a while. And so if you say, okay, well, I'm just going to find a great venue somewhere by me. And then a couple of times a year, just hold my own retreat. Brilliant. I love it. I do my own live event once a year. I, I can't really manage it beyond once a year. We've decided <laughs> that that's all we're going to do because it's just a lot of work to put bums in seats. Yeah. Audience development is, is the nightmare of event marketing. So, but now I, I do want to ask you, and this is sort of like the last question I want to ask you. If you are a a seasoned speaker and, mm-hmm. you know, business has kind of slowed down because there's maybe there's some younger, prettier models out here. You know, what should you, what should you do to sort of like hit the reset button? Well, you know, I often reinvention can get things going because we're always, I think a lot of people neglect their client database, people that already know, like, and trust them. So if you kind of do a reinvention and then go back to the well on your existing set of clients, and the other thing that reinvention does is when you decide that you're going to up-level your content or move off in just a little side direction on what you've already been doing, you get more energized. You know, if you've been giving the same speech or the same type of content for several years, you're probably due anyway, or you may get bored. You may risk getting bored. And so I would say a good solid content, you know, we throw it all out and then audition it. I think that's Eric Chester's line to see if it makes it back. I think when you work on your own stuff, that gets you reengaged with it. And it's really think about it. It's like the energy that you're putting out into the world. If you're kind of stale and bored, then that's a great reason to do it. And then you can go back to the well on all of your existing clients. All right. Well, listen, I really feel great that you told me I'm doing a bunch of stuff, right? That's good. But but I'm also really excited that you've given us actual, you know, tangible things that we can think about and go and do. So thank you so much, Jane. Jade, what is your favorite podcast? Well, I have been studying Amy Porterfield's podcast for several years now leading up because I'm developing my own school and membership platform. And it has been so helpful. Really love her. I like Amy Porterfield's podcast as well. I just generally like her too. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. What is your favorite business app? What is your favorite business app? Ooh, probably TripIt Pro because when I travel, I have sent all of my travel plans over to this one email address. And then when somebody says, well, where are you going in the next year? 
I can just pull up my TripIt and I'll be like there and there and there and there. And everything is in one place. And when your flight gets canceled, it gives you alternate flight options if you get the pro version. So. I like TripIt Pro too. I do too. All right. What is your favorite business book you've ever read? Favorite business book? Oh, well, I thought you were going to ask me what was my most current one. And I'm actually really, because, you know, my memory is not very good, but I would have to say that I wish I would have read it sooner. It's Traction by, and I didn't know he was Floyd Wickman's son, but Gino Wickman is Floyd Wickman's son. And he was a big NSAer. Love it. Love it. Anyway, listen, thank you so much for being on Small Biz Chat Live tonight. Thank you all for joining me. And please head over to my blog, SucceedIsYourOwnBoss.com. You can get more information on tonight's guests. And thank you all for watching Small Biz Chat Live. It is my honor and privilege to be your small biz lady. And the goal of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And I will leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Good night, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.